0: In a world of stereotypes, being called a geek comes with a certain image.
1: There is still that ingrained thing within me that is a little bit embarrassed about it.
0: In reality, geek culture has never been more mainstream, and behind every geek is a real story.
1: My dad was the one who got me into Star Wars and things.
0: Join me, your super dummy Paul as I continue my learning experience and talk to the real people.
1: I'm a secondary school teacher, so I teach 11 to 16 year olds in English.
0: Hear their stories exclusively
1: on Fantastic Universes. It's one of them like, you've ever going to grow up? And I'm like, no, why should I? I, I like my life. I, I enjoy what I do. This is my hobby.
0: Available on all your favourite podcast catchers.
2: Of Indie Spot, the show where we do a deep dive into an ongoing series of graphic novel from a company other than the big two. This show is the best of the rest. And today, I am joined by the best, one of my permanent co-hosts on this, very, uh, <laughs> on this very show <laughs> and my co-host on uh, season's greetings all the way across the pond. Jack, how are you, friend?
1: I'm good, friend. I'm good. Yourself?
2: I feel good. I'm excited about today. I feel mm. like both shows, this show, the one we're doing today, and the one I'm doing next week with your sister. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm cheating on Matt Lloyd.
1: Oh, <laughs> doing... well, he very nicely messaged us, didn't he, to say he's he excited about it coming out. Yes, so.
2: absolutely, yes.
1: I can't wait to hear what he has to say.
2: I'm sure he will have. We'll have notes. There'll be mm. feedback from Mr. Lloyd, without a doubt. Um, so yeah, because this week I'm going to do. We're going to do Project Superpowers. Mm. Um, which, you know, there's other people involved, but let's just all admit, this is an Alex Ross vehicle, and yes. as it should be. <laughs> mm. he, he'll probably get some airtime today. Um, I think
1: he might, yeah. Yeah, and
2: then next week, with your sister, I'm doing Josie and the Pussycats. So it's all back mm. in time. We're going, we're going deep, we're going deep classic comic cuts, but these are technically indie comics. And so, yeah, yeah. and I can only thank Matt for, for, when he came on my show the first time, we did Pep Comics which mm-hmm. was like the shield, which became, cap- you know, like all these, but we did the first appearance mm-hmm. of Archie. So like he, it's all him that I got started to love this stuff. So this is on him. Yeah. This stuff is super cool. So um, the project superpowers is from dynamite comics, mm-hmm. um, which was created by Jim Kruger and Alex Ross. And there are other people. They're mm-hmm. good too. Um, Doug Klabula and Steven Sadowski are also there, but when there's an Alex Ross book, you're like, Oh, there's mm. other people involved. I forgot. Um, let me ask because you own these. Is was it I Alex do. Ross that you were like, What's that now?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. This was deep into my like back into buying comics monthlies, um, periods. So, what late to 2008. I think around that sort of time yeah,
2: yeah. It? it came out in 2008 and then the first volume that we're going to cover today mm. and then there was a break and it came out again in 2009 and 2010
1: yeah that sounds about right because when i was reading back through them i actually did them all in a day yesterday um there was quite a lot of advertisements within the comics and i was thinking like oh yeah adolescent radioactive black bat hamsters i was reading that too yeah, and yeah i think it was the boys that probably advertised this within um, the pages of the Boys, where I first saw Project Superpowers, but absolutely, it was the Ross art which made me think, ooh, what's that going to be?" Um, and of course, you pick up issue zero. I don't know if it was the same for you, but issue zero was like a, a pound. It was like an. It was free to...
2: Comic Book Day, wasn't it? Here. Oh,
1: for you guys. Okay. I thought so. Maybe so it
2: was. I don't remember. On my, I on My
1: copy. I don't know if you can see. Oh
2: yeah, oh yeah. There we go.
1: Yeah. One dollar. Um. So yeah, of course you're gonna you're gonna try it out for that, aren't you, with the artwork and the and the price. That price tag, yeah. And I think it was a wraparound cover, too. So it was all it was Beautiful. all enticing you in. Yeah.
2: <laughs> As it would. The cool mm. thing about this, and this is where, you know, Matt Lloyd comes, because he's talked about this on his show a little bit, this, mm-hmm. this series in particular. These were all the superheroes who were public domain superheroes. Mm. So in the publishing world, and it's different different countries, at some point in time, the copyright goes away. Mm-hmm. And it's just free. So like this year... Is the year in America that Great Gatsby lost its copyright? Oh wow. Well, so, okay. You know, the Fitzgerald family no longer owns the mm-hmm. cop. So anybody can do whatever they want. So it's, you know, mm. credit to Boz Lerman that he made that movie when he still had to pay for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He could have waited. He could have waited a few years and been like, Yeah, I can just I mean you look True. at the calendar, you know when it's gonna be. Now the other how thing how many
1: is, Gatsby's are we gonna get?
2: oh, we're going to get a ton. There's going to be a ton. And uh, there's no doubt about that. And it's like Robin Hood. The reason they keep making mm-hmm. Robin Hoods, mm-hmm. and there's only a few that are good, but they keep making them because it's free. Mm. And so what they did with this was they decided to take these characters that cost them nothing and they could do whatever mm-hmm. the hell they wanted with them. So I think it's really clever. Um, and I'm sure people who, who didn't, I shared a, a review with you guys uh, in our discord from somebody who posted a Goodreads review about this, gave it one mm-hmm. star because all these characters have already been created. I and mean, yeah. it's like thinking that these characters were ripping off all the modern day characters. They're like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: nope. Um, you might want to check your facts before you publish.
2: Right. Yeah. Not that's, that's funny that you think the internet <laughs> is all about checking your facts before you publish. Good point. It is not at all. So yeah, so so these are, but obviously these aren't the original stories, but these are the original mm-hmm. characters, updated for the modern day mm. set in modern day. So it's very clever and very smart, um, and it was a nice love letter to classic comics because mm. we're all only here because these things existed. Even though, mm-hmm. unlike that unfortunate Goodreads reviewer, we may not know. We we may mm-hmm. not know. Like mm-hmm. we know, but not everybody does know. And I think listening to Matt's show really. You're like, mm. oh shit! I had no idea that was a
1: thing. Yeah, absolutely.
0: You
2: know? I and mean, so it's so. And
1: I read this before, obviously, long before yeah. I was getting back into comics at, the, at this period. So, yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, Matt did his episode, didn't he, on the um, Death Divine Devil?
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Or Daredevil, as he was called back then. And actually, um, Scott had done a show last year or the year before on um, the son, I think, of the of the creator, or like somebody connected yeah. to to the um to the writer, hadn't he? And delving yeah. into like the, the making of the character. So all these worlds that I can and actually it was only when I was listening to Scott talk about it. And I was like, oh hey. hang on. That's and then Matt again reminded me again. He's yeah. like, oh, hang on. That's that's that guy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool. I know. Yeah. But it is it is fascinating to think about that. you know what I mean? I I'm always on the as a as a writer yourself, and we're both writers, you you want to think that your work if if you are successful Mm -hmm. you know you can take care of your family down the line but the also the argument is is that at some point art needs to just be out there and Mm -hmm. that if the if everything is held behind a paywall forever then it gets lost to time I think that's Mm -hmm. the argument and so like the internet archive which is one of my favorite places to go and that there's tons of cool shit in there and then and Mm -hmm. and if you go to Matt's show you can go to the to the a comic museum which is also free and it's just register and you can read all these old strips that people have Mm. there's no copyrights so it's important that the copyrights go away because if you if they don't then something is literally just going to be locked in a vault for no one to see and i'd rather a hundred years after the person wrote it we can still get access to it than that person's great great granddaughter making making some money
1: yeah yeah agreed
2: yeah so if you're going
1: to do something as fresh and I can't use the word original, but if you're going to put a fresh spin on it like this does, then it's, I'm sure nobody's complaining about what they managed to do with these characters.
2: I would hope not. I mean, I think Other it's really... Other than that
1: one guy on Goodreads.
2: Except for that one. <laughs> it's like, I can't believe you're ripping all these people off. You're like, oh boy. Oh, well. So anyway, so that, I think it's great. I didn't read it in when it came out. I got it as a mm. collection and that's how I found it. And again, Thank you, public libraries, for having collected mm-hmm. works, and um, that's so for me, and of course Hoopla Digital, the unofficial sponsor of the show. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think that uh, it's really important that that these things are out there, and mm. this is the proof. This is the place. And this is where I kind of want to start with you. This is the place, in my opinion, where high art and low art
0: come mm, together and prove mm-hmm. that
2: all art is art. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you think about, and this is when Matt and I talked about the ten cent plague book people were really you know bashing on comic books for being mm-hmm. you know their are lowbrow whatever and I think obviously anytime you have Alex Ross involved you, c- you have to throw that that phraseology right out the window <laughs> but regardless of whether it's him or the original artists or whatever it's art is art so mm-hmm. before we get into the story and the um I'm really fascinated to hear your perspective on the Americanness of this mm-hmm. entire book mm-hmm. I have thoughts but um what do you make of this as art? Do you think that was the intention and that's why Alex Ross is is involved is like the commentary on art writ large?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's equal parts a love letter, isn't it? To perhaps things that inspired him or inspired all comics writers, I suppose, as well as um, a modernization because the characters that, that come back out of the urn are altered in some kind of way aren't they so it does help to reflect kind of how time has changed and obviously there I mean I don't I don't know that well but I'm assuming their looks are kind of updated as well um, and of course the art style is updated um, so yeah I definitely think it, it's an attempt to maybe reignite an interest in that the same as Matt's doing on his show is to get people to think about where their favorite characters have come from um, to appreciate the origins and to understand that we shouldn't write them off and we can still do something with them and we can bring them up into into the modern world and make an interesting story with them. Yeah, agreed.
2: Yeah, and I love, I mean, to me, the coolest plot device before, I mean, the plot of this is deep and thoughtful and amazing, but Mm. like on its surface, before you get into the subtext of the text is, all these old heroes were literally put into Pandora's box, which is just Mm. an urn, and then Pandora's box is reopened, and now they've all come back in the modern day, and they've all been lost to time, Mm. trapped Mm. in an urn, and it's almost as though some magic genie named Alex... (laughs) Or some magic, some guy called Alex rubbed a magic lamp and out they come. And Mm -hmm. so like the text of it itself is like, that is so amazing because you're right. They are changed, Mm. but they've been trapped in stasis in theory. But that's the whole point is that they really haven't. Nothing is ever static, right? Mm -hmm. That idea that you're always changing, even if you're put on ice, even if whatever, when you come out of it you're going to be different no matter Mm. what everything changes us but also it's just like so the text of these characters have been hiding in plain sight yeah you could have had access to them anytime you wanted but you just didn't know and it took these two you know took jim and alex and dynamite to put this together for you so that you can learn about Mm. the original daredevil and and the origins of of you know you there's the you silk specter ish character here you know mm. that will Eisner I'm sure knew all about you know <laughs> and so there's no doubt about it, you know, and so it's just it's just it's spectacular, and I just think, like you said, it is a love letter, and i i I think it's important um whenever anybody wants to say, oh, comic book is low art, you always have to all you have to do is show him Alex Ross and they'll shut their mouths right
0: yeah sure <laughs> he's yeah
2: he's special he is. Mm. It's weird. I don't know enough about him. I follow him on Twitter because like every Friday he'll just put out a picture that he's working on and you're just like, mm. you know what, man? Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for giving that away for free yeah, every yeah. day. Um, he is he is. I, I, I can't for people who don't know who Alex Ross are. First of all, what are you doing? You're missing out. How do you describe what it is that he's doing and why is it so special?
1: Um, it's a good question. He's he's almost photorealistic in a way, isn't he? Or not photorealistic? That's not the right term. It's like his characters are characters. Isn't even the right word? How, I can't even verbalise it. You know, these <laughs> creations are they're kind of real, aren't they? they? You know, they they exist on a page. I don't know. I don't know how best to describe it. They're they're not drawings. They're paintings. Yeah, they're paintings. But but they're even more than that. I'm not really sure. I have the right words for it. They're they fully realized characters i think any is, is the best way i can put it
2: it feels it, yeah it feels lived in like mm. my favorite thing he does you know of course my favorite thing he's ever done is kingdom come others will say it's marvel marvel's I, it's a coin toss just cuz i was re, i'm a dc guy first so i think that's mm. why kingdom come for me but i loved the the lived in nature of what he mm. does is that the suit doesn't fit snugly and you can see a wrinkle in the glove that you've pulled on and you can these people it's almost like the joke in the original x-men movie it's like what did you want spandex Mm -hmm, and you know instead of like the leather because they're all wearing the leather because we'd all the realizations of comic books except for christopher reeve and adam west have not been in spandex they've all been leathered or body armored or whatever and mm-hmm. say what you will about what Adam West did, but you know what? More power to him. No body shaming for you, Adam. I, yeah, yeah. I, bravo no, no, to no, you, no. man. You wore spandex and you went for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Christopher Reeve, obviously, <laughs> you're just—he was just a specimen, so he could do whatever he wanted. But, yeah. um, but it's it's interesting because now all the superheroes, all the characters playing the superheroes, they're all jacked up, and they could mm-hmm. wear spandex, but they don't. They still wear. This Mm. and it's, I actually think it's like from Alex Ross. It's like we see Mm, Alex Ross because it's so fully realized. Like you said, Mm. it's easy to just be like, well, there's our storyboard. Let's just make our characters look like what he's doing because he's he's showing you what it would really look like if Batman were real. That's what he would look like. He'd look like Mm -hmm. this big brooding guy in ill fitting clothes because he's got to move around, (laughs) Mm.
1: (laughs) you know. It feels like he's taken. Yeah, there's so many different worlds that are combining, aren't there? There's the classic stuff that, you know, as this comic run shows he's inspired by. There's definitely a lot of Watchmen, I think, in his work. And where and what they're doing with Watchmen was trying to pull that more into the real world, weren't they, as well? Um, and then there's that kind of, like... The, the costumes are often really bright and colourful, aren't they? So there is that kind of, you know, Spider-Man pop art. So he's just pulling all these things together and making it, something entirely his own it's quite special
2: yeah and you always know it's him he's one of those people Mm. when you see it you're like you know there's just some artists that are that way like I studied Mm -hmm. some art history I probably would have been an art history minor in my undergrad but that doesn't exist you had to be an art history major and to be an art history major you had to take actual art art and I was bad Mm -hmm. at that like I don't have I would fail I'm like I can't not graduate because I can't pass you know, my sculpture class. So I, dis- yeah. I just took a lot of art history classes just for funsies. And um, and so I was decent at being like, oh, that's a Renoir or that's a, you know, that's a Mary Cassatt or whatever. With comic book artists, there's a handful of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's not as many, but there are a handful where you're like, oh, that's an electros. He's one of those where you look at yeah. it and you're like, oh, that's a Jill Thompson because of the watercolors that she does. Like mm-hmm. you just know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I think he's one of the first people probably in my memory, Frank mm-hmm. Miller and him mm-hmm. that I knew for sure who it was just from across the room. I'm like, Oh, that's, who's drawn that. And I think yeah. that is a Testament again to him. And I think he inspires everybody who's come after him to, to do, and I don't think he'd want, cause like you said, he's borrowing heavily. He knows mm-hmm. what he's mm-hmm. doing. I think good artists are are knowing what came before them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's just,
1: this, I mean and, clearly, this, clearly he's not afraid to, to show or admit that as this comic proves
2: yeah yeah he's he's something special and it's it's you know obviously his work takes a long time which is why he doesn't do every panel mm. um unlike kingdom come and marvels where he does every panel there's mm. just no way he could keep up i mean it, it, those books take forever to do, and so in order for this book to do what it mm. to come out, he was the art director, and you can tell when he's touching things up. But I I I do say, and I was making fun a little bit of the of of Doug, the the Doug Kalubla, the the inker, uh, or the penciler, and Stephen Shab- uh, Sadowski is the inker. Obviously, they knew what they were getting into. They're mm. like, mm-hmm. we're going to make stuff, and then we're going to let Alex do whatever he wants to it, and so they had to give up their own art style so i yeah. think that says a lot about them as artists they're like we just want to play in your sandbox and so this is as as much as that's another meta thing is this is a love letter to mm. old comics their work is a love letter to alex because they're getting to to mime him it, it has mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. it has to be in his oeuvre as it were or the book doesn't work
1: mm. and i'm learning more that you know the more i'm getting involved in all the different podcasts that that Comics Emotion put out and listening to Matt. And I'm learning more and more all the time about that kind of era of artists emulating the named artists. Um, So that's been a really interesting, different perspective reading at this time and looking at the names at the front and thinking, you know, who's done what and and, and whether you can notice it. Because Carlos Paul is another name, isn't it? That's throughout all the different um, comics as well with, like you say, the the art direction by Alex Ross. And I think probably I was naive enough not to have even noticed on the first read.
0: Yeah,
2: we all were. We were all just caught up. 13,
1: 15 years ago, whenever it was, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure, because you know he does every cover. And so he's setting the tone. It's kind of like, as we are English teachers, you know, the the title of the poem matters. Is the Mm, title of mm, the poem mm. like Emily Dickinson, where it's just the first line, or line, or is the title of the poem actually the first line like mm-hmm, is it a mm-hmm. different line of the poem and so the cover art can set the tone I mean we all bought comics the first time because of the cover
1: absolutely yeah yeah yeah
2: what and so the cover art is setting the tone for everything it's like a really good opening credit scene is the mm-hmm. cover art so it's really you know so they knew what they were getting into and again like you said it's just layers upon layers it's so good I just can't um and this concludes the we love Alex Ross portion of the show because we could do that for another 45 minutes and then it's we wouldn't true, talk about yeah. the book at all. Um, but there's generally we save the art till the end, but when it's an Alex Ross book, you got it. Yeah,
1: it's, it's front and foremost, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, it must be, you know, he seems really like an, a decent fella. You never hear anything bad about him, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. which is good, you know, and it's uh, there's a handful of... I'm because he doesn't do much work anymore. Jenny Frieson is my favorite working cover artist. Mm -hmm. There's a Jenny Frieson. I mean, that's how I, I mean, it was Gail Simone writing Jenny Frieson doing the cover of those Red Sonias. And you're just like, well,
0: who cares who's doing the (laughs) inside? Who
2: cares? Whatever else it is, it could be stick figure drawings. Gail's writing it. Jenny's doing the cover. (laughs) Bought. Sold. So anyway, you know, there's just, there's a handful of cover artists who just have you think of the Sandman run, the importance of cover art on every mm-hmm. Sandman was Dave's painting. Those were all paintings too. Those were like three-dimensional too, right? He did, mm-hmm. he like stuck stuff. On, I mean, do you think somewhere all those original Dave McKeon artworks- I mean, imagine
1: what they're worth if that's
2: true. Because <laughs> some of them aren't paint. Some of them have stuff stuck to them. They're, man, that's just something to think about. And, there's a blank spot. <laughs> I, I wish wall. you,
1: I wish you had that in your garage somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Retirement just, fund.
2: No shit. Oh my god. Can you imagine? Really. Let's get into the story. So what happens in this set? We're just going to do volume one, uh, issue yeah. zero through seven, um, of of Project Superpowers, and essentially it's it takes place in the time that it is in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this guy, the and Yank. And <laughs> turns Softly
0: out,
2: it turns out, America did something bad. Mm. Let's discuss. Um, you can't, you can't deal with this comic without dealing mm-hmm. with the fact that um, this, this is a commentary on mm. America mm-hmm. in so many ways. Our, our protagonist, hero, villain, everything is the fight, and yank. <laughs> um, and there's a line at the end, and I'm just going to say it here because I feel like it's the it's the lens through which I think we need to look at this book. Uh-huh. At the very end of the book, here's what uh, is said: "You may call us terrorists, but we're not. We are Americans. We are your friends. That's how. Th- that's the that's the end <laughs> of the book. So you start with the fight and yank, and you end with those lines. Holy fuck! So." I would love to hear your thought process then and now you as Mm. a not American reading that at the time where you were like, "Oof, (laughs) boy, how is this getting published by an American company? This is pretty brutal.
1: Yeah. I think again, then I think I was probably just wrapped up in the story and, and the artwork and I was just being taken along for the ride. Um, Not that, you know, it's not, it's not uh, like you've used these terms earlier it's not subtext not it's, text. it's just it's text. not subtle but but in a good way not not you know text can be really really badly done but here it's it, it, you know it's important that it's text in order for everyone to get this message um so you know i think i was reading it and enjoying it without probably thinking too deeply whereas this time you know we're in a different place than we were in 2008 um we've had a different few years that have gone by with different people in charge of your country and mine that um we perhaps don't align with so i think it, it probably has more weight now than it did even back then for me in terms of what it's saying um, and yeah almost like reading it this time i felt like almost every issue had its own it has an overarching commentary clearly but it almost had its own kind of little message within each issue as well which i thought was really interesting even they with the titles, of,
2: the titles of each issue too. Again, you know, last gleaming there, you know, the rumors mm. of my demise, what I've got on the whites of their eyes. I mean, there's there's all these I mean, the proof through the night, obviously white whites of their eyes. These are all like Americanisms like that's mm-hmm. the whites of their eyes is whether it was or not, it's anachronistically given to George Washington, you know, right through the night as part of the song. So it's like, oh, fuck, <laughs> it's <laughs> everything. But you're right. Each one, because. There's so many characters that they have. Well, Mm. the Yank and the Green Llama are kind of our through-line characters. Every issue, we are introduced to somebody else, and we're seeing that At least
1: somebody else, yeah.
2: More than one, usually, yeah. Mm. Um, And as they come out of the urn. So Mm. the premise is that that the fighting Yank is duped by the spirit of his forefathers, by his founding fathers. Again, text, everybody. (laughs) Um, An American in 2008 was lied to by his government. Mm-hmm. And Keep in mind that in 2008 in America, Barack Obama was running for president mm-hmm. and you know George Bush couldn't run again, but he was essentially running against George Bush and all of the lies that George Bush told to invade Iraq and to do the American exceptionalism, mission accomplished bullshit. Um, and so that's all there. It's there. It's just on your face. So the Yank is, so at the end of World War II, Mm -hmm. the yank imprisons all of the heroes most of the heroes inside Mm -hmm. pandora's urn because his forefather told him if you the only reason there's evil in the world is because the heroes are in the world Mm -hmm. so if we take everybody out of the world take good and evil we can trap them all in the urn and we'll just go back to being normal schlubs that's Mm -hmm. the premise so the so the yank goes around the american spirit is that the name of his forefather again no that
1: that that's the um the flag that comes in later that
2: oh right okay that's
1: the, the flag cloak.
2: That's right. Okay. Sorry. I think he's
1: called Bruce Carter, isn't he? Is is his forefather because then he's that's his name. Bruce too, Carter Bruce III, the III, isn't. You're he? right. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yep. Yep. So um Bruce too, a little. Because yeah. there's that there's the thing about Batman happening there, right? The argument is the only yeah. reason all these crazy assholes show up in Gotham is because you're there.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. So there's the subtext about superheroes while the text is America. Um, So anyway, so that's the premise. So then as the as the show comes on and Pandora's box is literally reopened, all these old heroes are coming back out and they're they're finding that they've been trapped since Mm. they they, he captures the flame during the bombing of Nagasaki. Right. That's
1: right. Yeah. So he's the, the last He was the first. first? first. It was his
2: power that would keep them alive inside. That's right. Yeah. Um, So anyway, so they've been trapped in there for, you know, 60 years, 60 Mm. plus years. So anyway, there's so many places to go there. So that's what's happening. (laughs) You can't, again, the actual commentary on America, but but what do you make about what they're saying about comic books in general? Do you think that that thing that because it's sometimes even said inside the comic books themselves Mm -hmm. about Batman that Gotham is a shithole because of you. Mm you're mm-hmm. not saving Gotham, you're making it worse.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Is that true? They're clearly saying that it's true in this book, that that's the, but then it's a big lie, right? That's, mm-hmm. it's a mm-hmm. lie. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. this other, Bruce Carter, the first is saying, you good heroes have made the villains, but then it comes to find out that's not true, that the world needs heroes. Yeah. Um, So anyway, where do you fall on that? As a comic book reader, where do you fall on that? Do you, mm. do you blame the heroes for causing the, Anti heroes and villains to exist.
1: I do like the idea of, of escalation. I think that's really interesting that that can get tapped into with with Batman and and the idea of you know you, you dress up as a bat, so you dress up as a clown and all that kind of stuff. I think that's a really interesting idea. as a sandbox to play in. Um, I, I also wonder, like considering the times that have been picked for this, how much of it is to do with that era when comics all got a bit silly and and cartoony and the idea of you know they had to go away for this period and now they're allowed to come back because we've we've moved through that and we're allowed to have this type of hero again because you know there's no punches pulled in this people are pe- people zombies and robots and cyborgs and some people as well are just annihilated a
2: handful of people yeah
1: <laughs> yeah 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 um so yeah i wonder if there's a part of a commentary to that as well that you know we're into this new place in comics where that's kind of gone away and we're in a new era but we've got to appreciate where where it's come from
2: yeah well I think that's true because when you think about the code the comic books Mm -hmm. code it it killed superhero comics and so the ones that survived Mm -hmm. were the like you know Batman started having like the rainbow suit and he went to the moon and and you know that's where Adam West Batman 66 comes from is the silly comics and you know Mm -hmm. they had to bring in crypto and you know you have to bring in like the the captain marvel family shazam family now but they were the captain mm-hmm. marvel so everything had to be like super lame and mm-hmm. be you know to meet the comics code because mm-hmm. the comics code did kill all these comics they, they deliberately did so yeah the commentary is totally there we're going to stick you guys in the box and now you're going to come out changed and you're going to be pissed
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah. I mean, the, the layers of this are crazy aren't they and and i think sometimes you and i talk and um we did it a little bit with Frey about like, is that really there and are we reading into it? But I think here it's it, it's not a case of finding it, it's there laid out for you.
2: Yeah. And it's how much time are you willing to take with it? Because yeah. you could easily, like you said, you read this all in one sitting, but you would never want to read it all in one sitting on your first read.
1: No, 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 no. So this, you know, this wasn't my second time, first right. time, second time reading, this is my multiple time of reading it to refresh myself for today. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. And again, I, I did the same thing. I just sat cause I knew what was happening. So when I sat with it, I'm like, I'm just going to go. I'm just not mm. even, gonna, cause once you, I couldn't imagine you read them as they came out. I didn't, this is one of those ones mm. that I would have been like antsy <laughs> to, yeah. to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. know. I mean, cause it's, because like you said, each story is completely, um, you know, self-contained. However, so you go from issue two to issue three and three to four and you don't pick up where you left off. So there's nice. like some cliffhanger here that you don't find out about until page like 17. You're like, son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. And then you're totally caught up in this other news story. But yeah, no, I know, I agree. I think you're right, we're, you don't have to dig. In fact, these guys, Jim and Alex are begging you to dig. They're saying, mm-hmm. we're gonna do a multi-layered story. I, I would love to have been in the room with them when they're like, okay, here's the outline. Now what's mm-hmm. the next thing to do and what's the next thing to do so that I mean, people don't who who are just, down they go. Yeah. Right. Cause we, do, there's maybe there's stuff we're missing.
1: Mm, of course. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there is. And I think yeah. that's
2: what makes it so compelling and something you can go back to over and over. And it's mm. because, you know, it's what it is. It, um, mm. You know, it's designed with that, with that in mind. And, and I think it's, what do you make when, um, Fictional stories are set in the real world. how mm. does that make you because this is clearly set in the real world with World War II and you know mm-hmm, the bombing mm-hmm. of of Hiroshima and Nagasaki are there. So do you like that? Do you think that works? Do you think that roots such a fantastical story or does it mm. take, take it away?
1: I think they take pains to make sure we know it's not kind of our real world, don't we? Um, because it's really early on is it issue is it the end of issue zero or um, certainly it's issue one. I think it's issue one when you meet dynamic man and um you learn about a dynamic
2: family of- yeah yeah
1: yeah so it, that lets you know that we're not you know we're in a world removed but um i do i think it's important i mean you know you being a dc guy i'm always and i have always been a bit more drawn to marvel i kind of like the street level and the realism and the fact that those stories were set in most new york but you know it, in places that that i knew or i'd seen in tv or so i think um for me that helps this um, it helps it feel more relevant. And, uh, and as they're trying to tell stories with social commentary and um, meta-commentary, uh, meta-commentary, 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 all the way down those levels you're talking about. I think that's important. I think it needed to be in a recognizable world.
2: I agree. And I think, I think if it's done tastefully, if it's done right, and again, like you mm. mentioned, the, the nod to Watchmen that's here.
0: Mm, mm, this that's is true. that
2: too, because Watchmen is set in the real, in the real world as well, mm. because Nixon is in there
0: mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the
2: squid thing. Don't forget that was real. That happened obviously. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, everybody who can forget the great squid bombing of 1984, <laughs> um, if you weren't there kids. Listen, here's what happened. No, but it is, it isn't. I, I think it's, it has to be in the hands of the right artists. It's, yeah. it's always oh. frustrating when, um, You know, some I like historical fiction. I I like to read historical fiction, and I think, but there's shitty historical fiction too. You're Mm -hmm. like, oh, you can't make this person your character. Like one of my favorite works is is Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. (laughs) Did you ever read that?
1: I didn't.
2: I did see the movie. The movie is bad, but the the movie is bad. The the book is spectacular. I actually thought if I were to ever teach American history for a high school, Mm -hmm. I would make them read that book. Okay. Because it follows the exact trajectory of Lincoln's mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. And instead of it being his mother just dies of consumption, she's bit by a vampire. And instead of it being this about the slave owners, it's vampires. And so it's sure. real history, but then just vampires thrown on mm-hmm, as the mm-hmm. excuse. And it's really smart. It's really well done. There's a lot of historical fiction that's poorly done. And I almost classify this book, as a work of historical fiction because it Mm is it like you said it's in our world but then it just takes a slant it's like in Mm. the real world this is how superheroes would work in the real world so that's the other comment and the other layer of the onion is if superheroes existed in the real world just like just like watchmen say just like Mm -hmm. the boys say yeah yeah. if superheroes existed in the real world shit would be bad so Mm. we're just going to acknowledge it we're not going to and you're right. That is the one thing that is the one thing Marvel doesn't do, except mm-hmm. in the X-Men comics. Mm-hmm. It, because in the X-Men comics, X mutants are real and it freaks people the fuck out. They're yeah. fine with Spider-Man and the Hulk, but the, <laughs> that's too much for them uh, because those are sci- that's science. These people are born wrong. And there's obviously yeah. the commentary on you know being born a certain way. Duh. But except for the X-Men, nobody in the Marvel Universe seems to get too Upset, mm. except that's what Marvels is about. Again, of course, Alex Ross, he's got it. Go. He's yeah. got a thing that he does, right? It's kingdom Come, he's making a commentary about mm. the things that he's doing, but he loves it. Unlike Alan Moore, who's making a commentary about something he seems to hate.
1: Yeah, yeah, but constantly keeps coming <laughs> back to that. Well, yeah, agreed.
2: But anyway, so I just wondered because it's it's hard not to not mm. to point that out that this is based in the real and there's real historical moments. You know, mm-hmm. when you think back on the history of America and the, what it was founded upon mm-hmm. um, as opposed to what it is. Because now in America, I think it's a really important book to read now in 2021 during the last, during the years of the the pandemic and everything. But we've, tr- the Trumpist thing really showed how racist America always is. Mm-hmm. We've always been. There was this thing like, oh, they we elected a, an African-American. We're done. Racism over. You're like, why did you? why? <laughs> How could you think that? And of course, it, it's proven not to be the case. Sadly so. Unfortunately. And so I think it's really important, though, because the, con- the conversation we're having, and I don't know if you guys are are having this conversation about the taking down of statues and the renaming of buildings. Is that a thing mm. that's happening there?
1: There seemed to be like a, like it started, and then we had like one, very British, we had like one incident where a statue was pulled down, and it was like, ooh. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Then, and everything went quiet again. So um, as far as I'm aware, no, I don't think so. Because so it's, it's a big conversation for you, is it? Oh,
2: yeah. Well, it's Columbus Day in America mm-hmm. right now, today. It's our holiday. So there's no mail being delivered. So we can honor a person who didn't actually discover a country that was already inhabited by other people. <laughs> but in fact, he did bring disease and alcoholism. So certain cities and certain states have renamed Columbus Day Indigenous Peoples mm-hmm. Day, which I'm for. Yeah. I'm for that um other people are super pissy pants about it and um there's been statues of columbus that certain cities have just covered up because they're like we're just Mm -hmm. gonna don't look don't it's the wizard don't look under there (laughs) um but it is to me this is a fascinating time to be reading this because you know it'd be like well does that mean we need to take down all the statues of washington Mm -hmm. and jefferson because they were slave owners yeah yeah that's okay i'm okay i'm okay with that like yeah i'm not pretending that um Washington and Jefferson weren't slave owners. They were. Um, They were willing slave owners. They're like, well, Washington freed all his slaves when he died. (laughs) Aw. We're supposed to pretend that was good? What are you talking about? He was an old man when he died. Mm. And so he was well aware that slavery was wrong because he was friends with John Adams and Benjamin Franklin, who were abolitionists all the way. But because, you know, it would have been hard on my farm But when when they died, that's fine. But so people will come bend themselves in, of course. in knots to not acknowledge the fact that these founding fathers, this book seems to make us want to look right at it. Like mm. founding fathers, the country was founded a bit on a lie. All men yeah, yeah, aren't yeah. created equal because we have slavery and women didn't get the right to vote until 1920 in mm. our country. Um, so I I think I couldn't help but think about it in this moment, because when, when it was written, it was obviously about the. The Bush presidency was the mm-hmm. commentary there, but it's also so the lie upon which American is America is founded. Um, like, yeah, L- Lee and I say all the time, we're like, well, listen, if we hadn't fought so hard, we'd have universal health care because we'd all still all be right. British. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so we're like. Maybe, maybe that fight wasn't worth having. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not saying I'm just saying. Like Canada, Australia, New Zealand, you guys, universal healthcare, you guys, they're all independent countries, but they followed suit. They're like, yes, yep. this is a thing we as folks can get behind. We though were like freedom and That's we not don't the American way. die in the street <laughs> instead of we'd rather give, you know, and that everything is and that, so it's so to me. It's a totally another layer. And that's what makes good mm-hmm. art is that you know you can read something 15 years later and be like, oh, now it's got a whole other thing that's equally relevant to when you wrote it that was relevant mm-hmm. to 50 years previous. And so it's that was just on full display here for me. When yeah, I agreed.
1: I'm not so you're you reading those layers that I'm I'm not going to get it. Um yeah. GTA are well, different geographical.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I places, just wondered, I'm
1: fascinated to hear it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I just wondered how it was for you guys. And again, of all days, we didn't, I didn't even think about that when we picked this day, it's like, this is just yeah. our day of the, of the month when we record the show, we happened to be on Columbus day. And I was like, oof.
1: Couldn't have worked out any better. I could
2: not have worked any better because, <laughs> you know, well, and I think too, it's not just, there's always ugly layers, right? There's, the history mm. is ugly
0: yeah, And as we,
2: as we did in the mouse book club. Mm. You have to look honestly at your history. You have to be truthful. I mean, everything isn't sunshine and roses in your country's history too. No, no, you know, no, no. Any country that's probably been founded by rich white guys, something bad happened. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Other and, than those rich white guys,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so that's a tough... And these are rich white guys telling this story. So I yeah. appreciate that too. That this was, This was, you know, people like liberal snowflakes and whatever. Well, fuck right off. You know, sometimes <laughs> you just have to tell the truth. And I appreciate art that tells the truth
1: and and you know what that's for me that, like we say there's all these different social messages and there's meta commentary all the way through and everything you're saying makes total sense that is the big takeaway i think from this entire volume is owning your past mistakes whether it's um you know your own personal generational link which it is in this story for bruce carter the third um or for you know for other characters like owning what's coming before and then doing the right thing to make it better that's the, the total takeaway of this book isn't it i think
2: and that's what alex and jim did they're like we're own these characters have been stuck in a box let's get mm. them back out there look at how cool they are look at how cool daredevil is he's so mm. fucking cool i mean seriously look and say what <laughs> you want about his weird you know kind of plaid costume but if that guy he's silent and he's got yeah, more yeah, rings yeah. if he was standing in the corner and I'm the bad guy, I'm shitting my yeah, pants. Absolutely. More so than a crazy guy in a bat suit. That's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he is terrifying.
0: Mm, I mean, I is.
2: love his design and I love yeah, what Alex does. Yeah, he's does amazing. Oh, and they all are. They're all mm. I mean, I love these old timey character designs, like the Black Hood is terrifying. And, you know, I mean, Samson's just, you know, Samson. He's mm-hmm. you know, obviously all drawings of Samson are always going to be the same biblical drawing of Samson, which is also, you know, we think about it. They were Samson and then suddenly there was Thor years later. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah, like, yeah. Huh, I wonder how you got that idea for tall, shirtless, blonde guy who's a demigod. Where did you come up with that? Ah, so unoriginal, the people who made this book. Um, <laughs> so funny Um, uh, it is it is fascinating um to think about that though but it goes back to what you were saying about the you know you gotta own that we we put these characters away and we should not have we shouldn't mm-hmm. have done it um god there's it's so fucking good um mm, what do you make of i've got i've got thoughts i've got more thoughts <laughs> um i want to talk about the F troop, a little bit. And I would like to talk mm-hmm. about the fact that the dynamic family are robots. Those, mm. both of those things are on my list. And of all the things that I am willing to, to skip, those are the two mm-hmm. I'm unwilling to skip because I really want to dig into those um, in some way. Did you have thought? Do you have a place you'd want to go first or thoughts? So the F
1: troop are the zombie soldiers, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, you know, we're not having to dig deep to get the commentary there, are we? <laughs> no. um, and as a big fan of Universal Soldier too, you know, I'm up for this idea of reanimated soldiers. No, I think it's brilliant. And I think um the way that it's the, the, the way that it's given to us is obviously initially it's the the horror of the idea, which I think we would all agree if we've discovered that would be true. Um, but then again, as we've been turning the way through the book, it starts to to put in some layers about the idea of like, well, they knew what they, you know, they kind of signed their their life away for however long they choose to extend it for and they joined up to the army and that's really clever and yeah um the idea of you know t- t- simply you know a soldier blindly following orders um like a zombie is there you know again the- there's so many layers that you can go to um the overwhelming numbers of them as it uh, as the big epic battle comes towards six and seven is really clever and that's when they combine forces don't they with the um what are they called the with the dynamic um
2: the police little, the police corps the,
1: yeah they've got a special name haven't they um
2: the uh, crusaders
1: the crusaders absolutely yeah the dynamic crusaders yeah yeah um so again you know when we're not using subtlety here to tell this story but what we are doing is doing something brilliant
2: it's so good yeah I think there's a term called stop loss there was a movie called stop loss did you yeah, see yeah yeah okay I did yeah 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 so because you're you I figured I was like movie <laughs> I know you'll know that because it means you know it's the not film a,
1: version of anything
2: well but but that's not a term that necessarily exists in other countries so yeah, that's why I hadn't that heard of it
1: for the film yeah that's
2: why it's important so the so if you guys haven't seen the movie or haven't turned turned uh, heard the term stop loss is actually a it's an insurance term. Like, you know, that's where it comes from the business world. But the military oh, okay. started using it. Stop loss was essentially during this time in particular mm. when, when, so we, you know, 9 11 happens in America and, and you guys and New Zealand and Australia and the world is behind us. Let's go into Afghanistan mm. because history tells us, sure, that'll be easy to do. I mean, <laughs> nobody's ever had any trouble fighting a war in Afghanistan before. If only there was a book or two about that, but there isn't, shockingly. Mm-hmm. We, and the internet, isn't out there telling us all the dumb things. Let's go invade Afghanistan. So we do that and we think we're on the righteous, whatever. Two years later, America decides we're also going to invade Iraq because we, you know, again, your government aligned to you. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, is we are an all volunteer army and nobody would, military in general in America, nobody would in, reinstall the draft. Like you mm-hmm. would, Bush would rather been, be reelected than it, reinstall the draft. So what's happening was stop loss where people who had done their time, done all their things. But it is true in America, when you agree to join the military, you acknowledge even when you're honorably discharged, if you're still Mm -hmm. able-bodied, you can, against your will, be called back out. So that's what happened, was there weren't any more volunteers. Because if they had just stuck with Afghanistan, the military, there was a two-year push. And then Mm -hmm. when we invaded Iraq, everybody was like, what now? I'm not signing up for that Mm -hmm. So the numbers dwindled. So all these people who volunteered and signed up to do their four years and go to Afghanistan were then, and the stop-loss casualties and sent to Iraq. So you couldn't help but think that's what Mm. F Troop was, right? And it's just like again, text. (laughs) Yeah. Zombie army. You didn't. You signed your life away. You're a killing machine. We don't care about you as long as you do Mm. the thing. And it's not for a righteous cause. I think that's the. I think Mm. that's the big difference. I think with Afghanistan. Most of the world felt like it was, even though we knew it was going to, I mean, I knew. Anybody who's read a book knew you weren't going to win there. The Russians Mm -hmm. were like, really? Did you guys, it was just 20 years ago. Did you not? (laughs) Well, I guess at that time, 40 years ago. No, it was 2001. It was 20 years ago. We just lost there. Why Mm -hmm. do you think you're going to go in? So there's enough there. But at least the world was behind us and it felt righteous. World War II, which is when this book starts, is a righteous cause. Mm -hmm, Send mm -hmm. your soldiers into battle for a righteous cause. But these aren't. None of this is a righteous cause. It's no. it's fitting that it the final battle is in the Middle East, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. And that it's a big corporate conglomerate which is supporting the uh, the F troops in their battle against the heroes. Yeah, definitely.
2: It's insane. It's so. <laughs> again, I don't. This is this is why indie comics get to exist, right? Because people yeah, again think... aren't paying attention, but here's something.
0: Yeah. We're yeah,
2: yeah. you wouldn't you be something. able to tell
1: this story with uh, the Fantastic Four, would you? Um, but
2: isn't that too bad, though?
1: Sure, sure. Because, I mean, obviously, the dynamic family is sort of pulling on that a little bit, I suppose, isn't it?
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah, and I always thought, I thought about the um, the Shazam, the Captain Marvel family. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the original, and again, Matthew B. Lloyd, and I, I think Dave has mentioned this, there was a there was a Shazam-type robot
0: Mm, where he okay. would
2: he would like fall apart. He was he would like mm-hmm. come together as a robot. If he said, I don't know if it was when he said sha or zam or whatever, or maybe it was Kazam, Like this is bad podcasting. I okay. should have done my research, but there was a robot hero mm-hmm. that he would say certain words and his robot parts would fly apart or come back mm-hmm. together. So I I thought too that the dynamic mm-hmm. family was a little bit Captain Marvely mm-hmm. Shazam. That makes sense. Digging back to that old this old robots version mm-hmm. of Shazam, too, before Stan Lee stole the name and everything happened shrewd businessman mr lee yeah you can't
1: knock him no not in in that regard
2: he outsmarted everybody in the room didn't he he's always (laughs) one He was like not one step ahead he was like 10 steps ahead of him that's why it's so sad that he got duped at the end of his life right that he had some financial disasters because he trusted the wrong people and it's like dude you are smart outsmarting everybody how do you get outsmarted that's Mm. so sad but um Anyway, so that was the robot thing too. But mm-hmm. not only that called to that, but I thought the robot thing was also about, um, and I know this is 2008, 2009, but this is when the smartphone revolution was really happening mm-hmm. and people were really relying on the internet and really relying mm-hmm. on whoever's in charge. And so the dynamic corporation is in charge yeah. and they're robots yeah, yeah, yeah. and your robots.
1: Yeah, it's definitely there because obviously the way that they're defeated is by by nature coming back to an industrialized city well, it's new york, new york again isn't it by nature coming back and and taking over and um short-circuiting out all their their technology so yeah it's definitely there
2: yeah yeah he was i just looked it up he absolutely was called captain marvel and he would shout split and he would just break apart okay cool wow i mean so they go. could have come
1: somewhere better than split couldn't they that's a bit enough
2: yeah, I split. His arms would come off. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was from your M-
1: Kazam. That would have been better.
2: <laughs> we'll pretend that that's what it was. Kazam, yeah. which is that movie with Shaq.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, I've that's, a ter- seen that.
2: that's awful. Don't don't.
1: I may have to know oh, no. you know me.
2: <laughs> you are a completist. I know. I know. I know. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I just I, I it's funny because my notes are all over the place. But it's just like, boy, this is so good. But I, I could just write it, is this is so good. <laughs>
1: yeah but as good and as good as this story is I think all over the place I can see that some people may may struggle and may fall out I imagine the monthly's probably died off a little bit because the story is pretty convoluted and we said characters suddenly start appearing and they go all over the place and it does take um, it takes serious concentration the first time you're reading it and it takes several reads to to really get the flow and I think actually you mentioned earlier about like what was it like reading it monthly and I think actually you almost needed it because you could go back and go over the comic again before the next issue came out mm. as, as I would actually do with, you know, like Buffy, I'd rewatch the episode. Um,
2: Cause that was just research, not just because you loved
1: it. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just needed to make sure I'd got all the nuance of all their different episodes. Um, <laughs> but for here, I definitely did this as well. I'd be like, I'll be going back and like, maybe not for issue one, but you know, once you're like, okay, this is convoluted, I need to make sure I've got everything that's going on and um, I would definitely go back to the comic and reread it before the next one came out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, notes all over the place makes sense for me because at times it feels a little bit all over the place. It's like disorganized chaos, isn't it?
2: Yeah. But again, that's that's I feel like that's no, obviously sorry, intent- organized chaos. Organized like chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's intentional.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. It's it's what makes it, it, it. This was why this had to be at Dynam- dynamite. It couldn't have mm. been. You know, the bigger companies, they're so unwilling to take risks. And like mm-hmm. to them, the big risk was like the ultimate line. And then it sure. turns out almost all of the MCU is based on yes. the ultimate line. But at the time, they're like, oh, no, we don't want to be like DC and keep rebooting things. We'll just mm-hmm. create a new universe that everybody loved. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, let's have a let's have a person of color be Spider-Man and everybody fucking loves Miles. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but yeah, at the yeah, time, yeah. that was the biggest risk they could do is like, what if in an alternate dimension, Gwen Stacy didn't die? Well, people <laughs> handle that. People were fine with that. As long as you didn't bring her back, like the Gwen Stacy and Uncle Ben have to stay dead.
0: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Right. In the original 616 universe, because that but that's not even a risk. Like to me, that's DC not taking the risk and leaving mm-hmm. Superman dead or leaving Jason Todd dead, and while I love Red Hood, it would have been a bigger risk to leave him dead. Mm-hmm. This, this, what Dynamite did in this time frame, when you think about it, they took from DC the Boys. The first six yeah. issues of the Boys were a DC comic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I'm sure Garth was like, "You let me do Preacher, though." They're like, this "Absolutely,
1: is- yeah." And Hitman was at DC as well.
2: Hitman was DC because there was even a yeah, Hitman yeah. Batman crossover, wasn't there?
1: Superman's in, in a hitman issue it's okay. a brilliant issue of comics yeah yeah um, the, yeah so Batman is in it as well absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I don't yeah, know yeah. that
2: I read the one with Superman I'll have to go dig that up that's a good one they
1: they, they have a chat on a, on the rooftop about morality and oh. who's got the right who's got the right like viewpoint and, and how they're dealing with the world problems it's really good
2: nice I'll have to go find that yeah that's mm. that's amazing I would I would definitely read that yeah so it's funny but so what dynamite did was they took the boys and then mm they did this. And again, this is, I think this is without the boys in this, I don't know the Dynamite would have made it. I mean, they have tons of good, they had like Ash versus Jason versus Freddie, mm-hmm. which is great. I mean, that's I, anything with Ash in it, you know, go and they, they did the evil, Dead stuff and they do tons of good stuff. And obviously IDW does a ton of license stuff too. And that's their mm-hmm. thing. But I always think it's like, this is, they're like, let's take a risk and see what happens. And mm-hmm. what happens is something magic. And I think, mm-hmm. I think that's the other, the next layer down about risky art, doing <laughs> something different, not for the sake of just being different, but doing something different to make a statement, doing something different yeah. to 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 be honest. Good art is honest. Mm. Um, you know, when you think about what Iron Man was, original Iron Man the character and Iron Man the movie, which came out this year, 2008.
1: Yeah, of course, yeah, 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 good point.
2: So there is, Iron Man has always been At his heart, a story about ant about you know against war. It's an anti-war comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this movie came out this same year. So you Mm, think about what was I mean the the and that was risky too because nobody wanted Robert Downey Jr. John Mm, Favreau's mm. biggest action movie was Zathura. Everybody's like the guy who did (laughs) Elf is going to do Iron Man. Are you sure? Wasn't he the chubby friend in Rudy? Are we sure this the Swingers guy? We're going to let him do yeah. yeah.
1: um, Uh. He's money, baby.
2: He is money, baby. And he he knew it, though.
1: He did know it. Yeah. He did
2: know it because he said, we need Robert Downey Jr. for this role. He did. That was on him. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. Um, Robert Downey Jr. owes him a lot of money, is all we're
1: saying. <laughs> he owes think, John Favreau. I, I think Favreau's doing all right from. He's doing know?
2: totally fine. But it's crazy to think like that was... It is, yeah. But it was Marvel Studios because Marvel Studios hadn't had a hit mm. in a while. Mm. I mean, I... Personally, love Ang Lee's Hulk, but most people don't. Marvel Studios wasn't doing anything, and so they they took a risk, and look how the risk paid off. And now Mm -hmm. they're playing it safe. They're finally, finally with Phase Four, Mm -hmm. you know, with with obviously Shang Chi, and now the Eternals coming out, and you know they're they're going to start taking a few risks. But for a while, they were not. Yeah, sure. They were like, we're making a bazillions of all the dollars. We're not going to take a Mm -hmm. risk. But two thousand and eight was a time for comic mm. book people to be like let's take a risk and so I, I appreciate art that's willing to do it um find its audience trust mm. its audience mm. I think you're right I'm sure the sales figures probably dipped um it was good enough though that they brought it back for another series one
1: too yeah absolutely. yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah um but you know I, I definitely think it was um the right moment at the right time I think America mm. was exhausted part of why, president obama won. was everybody was just like this we cannot Mm -hmm. keep doing Mm the same shit Mm -hmm. over and over i mean whether that's the definition of insanity (laughs) Uh, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result i mean yeah so they were like let's try something new this guy he has almost no experience he looks 14 let's go hire him and so you know and say what you will you know he did fine the dro- mm-hmm. he definitely perpetuated the wars and there were lots of drone strikes and he killed a lot of people whether people want to acknowledge that or not um but he ran on a very anti-war mm-hmm. you know anti quit looking at the past look to the future and this is a comic about looking to the future iron man movies about looking to the future they're yeah. very anti-war kind of anti-military industrial complex movies movie mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. and a, you know what do you make of turning New York into Shangri-La at the end? What do you think? Of
1: yeah, that? it's a fascinating move, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, um, again, you know, it's funny how often these things align. You know, we've been talking about just uh, at the moment in uh, film studies. I'm currently teaching Sunrise, which is a silent oh. movie um, from 1926, which is all about, you know, kind of anti-modernization and, and embracing the kind of pastoral past and those kind of values and cultures. Um and it feels like there's a bit of that going on in here, doesn't it? You know, embrace the natural world and the power the, the Green Lama is like almost all powerful um, because he's embraced the meta-natural as he calls it. Um, and that idea of like what what we could achieve as a species if we get back into human nature i mean new york is the obvious place to pick isn't it of
2: course right i thought that was so smart yeah it had yeah. to be new york it couldn't have been else. new york else, or london right that's a, those are the two places? England, it has to, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. but because it's such an american centric book i mean they are in paris yeah. for a minute but this is such a yes. an american centric yeah, yeah. book yeah i agree i think um i loved it and you know the specter may or may not Based Mm. on the green, I don't know. I'm not saying for sure (laughs) that the specter may have be cousins of the green llama, probably is. He may look similar and have almost sure it's that way around. It's not. not Oh, sorry, I mean, sorry, yes, I'm sorry, person on Goodreads. Clearly, the green (laughs) llama is a ripoff of the specter. Yeah, no, I thought it was a really smart choice too because you know, that's the other thing why it was so important to be set in the real world is that Mm. then there's real world consequences.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it no. looks. Of course, it looks. So let's come back to the look. It looks amazing. The artwork of with, with um, you know, the 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 big uh, like world tree. Is that what it's called? Like those things, like the world yeah. tree. It's growing out of New York, and how the Empire State Building has been entwined by like leaves and vines. It's beautiful. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I loved it. I think it was so smart because I think that is true. I actually teach. I use a book. I'm using a book right now called, by Ryan Holiday called "Stillness Is the Key." Have you ever read mm-hmm. it? I haven't. No. Yeah. And it's and it's essentially telling my students, cause they're about to graduate, it's in their senior seminar class. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you've been real busy. You've been working full-time and you've been going to school mm-hmm. full-time. Now you've earned your degree. Let's, let's appreciate it before mm-hmm. we just like jump off the next cliff. Um, so I make them read these books about deep thought books in their final mm-hmm. class nice. because I want them to think about what all this was, mm-hmm. you know, because my semesters are seven weeks. And they're adults and they're working and they've got kids mm. and they've got a lot of shit going on. So it's like mm. I mi- I want them to. Br- and of course, while I'm making them read three full books in seven weeks. So it's not like <laughs> so it's kind of a weird dichotomy yeah. there. But I love the ending where it's like, but it is terrifying. That line that I read at the beginning is the line mm. Green Llama says at the end. And that's terrifying. You may call us terrorists, but we're not. We are Americans. Mm. E- we are your friends what's
1: the difference there tony what's the difference
2: i don't know that's the conversation right that's
1: the exact conversation yeah oh
2: it's stressful um i mean i was one of those people so at the 9-11 happened Mm -hmm. george bush had like a 97 percent approval rating Mm -hmm. i was in the three because i was like hey um i don't know if you know but you were just president when Mm -hmm. when this happened so Mm -hmm. why are you getting a heroes party when you were president and like i'm just saying out loud not, yeah, yeah yeah you know what i mean it's like everybody's like he's the he's gonna save us but like but if you think of that in a different way like if you'd make mm-hmm. it a smaller situation and you're the manager of a wendy's
0: mm-hmm.
2: and while you're the manager of the wendy's um it got robbed And you stood there, like you knew, like you heard from the previous manager, hey, there's a good chance that on this day or not on this day, but there's a good chance there's these people out here who are gunning for you. Maybe you should pay attention to them. And you're like, everything will be fine. It'll be fine. And then you did nothing. And then your store was robbed. You probably would be fired.
1: Yeah, I think you would. Yeah.
2: But it, it, so it was really always frustrating, particularly if
1: a lot of employees lose their lives, and you know, exactly,
2: you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Mm. So for me, it was just a fascinating com- commentary mm. because mm. again, America's like, well, terrorists attacked us, terror, as George Bush would always say, yeah. terror. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so it was really frustrating to me to sit and watch everybody mm. go like mm. saber rattle and be stupid and not like just take a take a minute, and why did I'm not advocating what those people did, but why did they do it? Why did the Mm -hmm. terrorists attack America? What did we do to them first? This was not unprovoked. All of you dumbasses think it was unprovoked Mm because, again, all you were concerned about was who got voted off the island on Survivor, which is also important and fun. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to enjoy art and, you know, and reality TV and whatever you want, but you still have Mm -hmm. to read the front page of the paper, too. (laughs) Right. And so it's really or not even the front. But sometimes you got to read the sixth page. That's where the good. stuff yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. 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 Not yeah. Like the, not not the sensational. Stuff. Yeah. You got to read the, the real ugly story that it's like, like today on page six of my local paper, because I get my local paper was the story about why the elections in Iraq aren't going to go very well. Mm. Hey, that you should read that because mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. going to affect us down the line, probably. And so. And the world and the region, because it may not mm. be a direct effect, but it's going to, you know, this neighbor and this neighbor. Oh, that neighbor's our friend. Oh, shit. You know, how's that going to affect Jordan? And what is that? How, you know, so it's like you got to think about stuff like that. So to me, that's th- this comment about <laughs> we're not terrorists, we're Americans. It's like, well, you know, we create a lot of terrorists.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And we've just seen with our exit of Afghanistan, which I was for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was okay with that. I know everybody's mad, but we've created more terrorists because we didn't do Mm -hmm. anything right in the first place. Just like when the Russians left, they created terrorists. Now we've left. So China can try. It's China's turn because you know they're gonna, (laughs) right? They're like, Russia couldn't do it. America couldn't do it. We're the next superpower. Let's go try it. Good luck. You can't do it either. Nobody Mm -hmm. can. Nor should anybody, I guess, is the thing. So mm. I just think it's such a powerful comment because it made me feel all this. I'm sorry I've gone on a rant here at the end. It's no, it's fascinating. I, I get frustrated. Because you should just
1: have that perspective that, that I, just, I just can't have because I'm not entrenched in it. So it's fascinating yeah. to hear it.
2: It's really frustrating to me because that we've, you know, it's, I mean, I'm. I, I'll admit, I'm glad I was born Uh, you know, in America as a white dude in America, instead of Mm -hmm. as a woman in Afghanistan. Right. Right. I mean, I, I know I have that privilege. I acknowledge it, but I also then don't, I acknowledge it's a privilege, not a birthright. Yeah. And that there's this whole American exceptionalism thing that drives me crazy. And like Sean Hannity, who's a talking head on TV is a piece of shit. He's always like, America is the greatest country. God ever gave humanity. Like that's his line. And you're like, Mm -hmm. what, Are you talking about?
1: (laughs) Let's unpick that statement, shall we? I
2: I mean, what does that mean? What really are you? The only way that works is if you're a Mormon, because that's the only American religion. Right. But he's not. He's Catholic. So what are you talking about? What are you saying? (laughs) That doesn't need those are just words. You know, Trump ran on make America great again. When? Mm -hmm. When? What is the time frame? Can you give me a date? Give me the date what day was it great not to say it's terrible again it's better than other places i'm not going mm-hmm. to pretend i'm allowed to sit on the internet and say these things out loud about my country and hopefully the secret police aren't going to knock down my door but they could <laughs> maybe but it's it's the it, you have the right to do that so it's not the worst place but when are you saying like make america great again but when mm-hmm. what's the date and time please and why yeah. was that great was it the time when black people were owned by other people was it the time Mm -hmm. when women couldn't vote when it was which time when was the time was it last week (laughs) was it when who was president and why Mm -hmm. why was that great so it's really annoying um Mm. so i don't know i i just so this book made me feel lots of feels and uh but look
1: but look at this you know this this paneled comic this lowbrow art as you said at the start yeah Exactly, and look where we've gone with it.
2: It's so good, and and again, we I I know we spoiled it, but we didn't. I mean, no. There's, there's. I'll read it again and again and again Mm, over in perpetuity. It's, it's mandatory reading. I mean, I could easily teach this in a class. Like, sure. I mean, if you wanted to teach symbolism, done. Mm -hmm. If you Mm want to teach American exceptionalism, done. If you want to teach, you know, art history, done. Everything is here, all in one seven-eight book comic series. It's insane. It's, it's so good. I'm so glad we decided to do this one.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I mean, like we said a couple of times, like that I wouldn't recommend it for that people haven't read it sitting and reading it in one sitting, but because I knew I could get that sort of 90 minutes to myself yeah. yesterday afternoon when the house was quiet and the, the youngest was asleep, having a little nap and my partner was upstairs dinner and stuff. And I was like sitting all nice and happy sitting with the sunshine beaming in through the window in my own little world. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely something that will be that will be back out again pretty soon. I would have thought.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, who's it for? Who do you think, besides nerds? I mean, who who would you? Who is the person you're going to try to convince to read this? Who you know hasn't read this? If this mm. show hasn't convinced them, who are you going to be like? Hey, you should read. You're the person who will get this.
1: Mm. What's a good question that
0: you knew was I knew coming? Was coming. <laughs>
1: ah who is going to read this i mean it's interesting because you actually have to have appreciation of a lot of different things in order for for to really i suppose get on board with it and to perhaps stick with it i I do think it you know it's dense i think it but um somebody who wants i think somebody who wants to see what comets can do that perhaps not undervalue them, but think, you know, it's, it's Batman. It's it's something that that is already interested and wants to see what else is out there. And those sort of people who, who really want to find a story that speaks to them uh, and, and has more to say than, than surface level. I don't know who that person is though, unfortunately you know i've got I've, I've actually got one person my my best mate would probably really enjoy this he's not a massive comics reader but if i put this in his hands he'd go oh i love that um
0: well
2: that's so one that's how it does that's it starts yeah yeah. With one. yeah but no i um, think that's i think it i think you're right because it is such a it's a hard it's a it's a heavy read mm. it's layered and it's not it is not for the casual fan but i think somebody who is a Who isn't a comic book reader, but who is a historian, somebody who is a history buff would Mm -hmm. get this. I think Mm -hmm. somebody who is, who under whose eyes are open a little bit, who's like Mm -hmm. understands, like who acknowledges your own privilege. It takes somebody who's Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I know what I am and I accept that as a privilege. And so it's okay for me to comment on it. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not, I'm not a butt hurt. I'm sure there's a lot of people who read this and their asses were chapped
0: because this Uh, pissed them
2: off. Or they missed the point. We're like, yeah, that's right. America's not terrorists. Yeah, Americans. I
1: imagine there's a lot of, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of boys missing the point, I imagine, going on with this, yeah.
2: <laughs> Unfortunately, it's always boys, isn't it? Dumb Yeah, boys. yeah. Same but, boys who well, also are thinking the Homelander's the hero.
1: Exactly what I'm thinking of, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Or and they you know, wear... T- they want to be like Tyler Durden or... Yeah, and yeah. they
2: think Frank Castle's a hero.
1: Yes, agreed, yeah, yeah. Or
2: they think Frank Castle likes the police. My favorite is when you see like people who <laughs> yeah, are like... Yeah. 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 In America, there'll be people who will be like at the, you know, the Blue Lives Matter is the thing that's happened. Ugh. Mm-hmm. So there'll be, of course, why don't we tell that? What is this? What is this movement where people will be at the Blue Lives Matter movement and they'll have Punisher stuff on? I'm like, yeah, are you sure about that?
1: Uh, he's going to shoot you just as well as he is. it. <laughs>
2: I, I mean, that's I think, that guy that
1: you think he's going after.
2: I know. I don't know what you're thinking. Um, I don't think Punisher is a big fan of the police. If he no. did, if he was, he wouldn't need to be doing what he's doing. <laughs> uh, subtext sometimes is missing. But again, to us, mm. it's like text. It's right there. Yeah. So I think just somebody who's willing to to be have an honest conversation about their own mm. history. I think that's really important. I think that's why mm. we did It's so, Right. You got to have an honest conversation. about yeah. stuff. it's got to be uncomfortable sometimes. And because if everything is always comfortable, if everything is always just echo chamber Mm. then you can't learn and that's actually to me like one of the detriments of having so much choice it's Mm -hmm. like choice Mm -hmm. is great but right the psychology says if you go in and you have two choices you're going to be happier than if you had 30 and we're Mm -hmm. at this point now where it's like i just would rather go watch angel than try whatever new is on there's too much on i mean part of season's greetings for me came from
0: Mm. me
2: pitching it to you saying like i'm going to rewatch buffy anyway because i can't there's so much i feel Mm -hmm. panicked almost like there's, I don't know what's good. There's too many choices. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. right now there's so many choices. There used to be, you know, in our country, three channels and three newses and they, they did the news and there were seven newspapers, major newspapers and every town had a paper and they did the news. Well, now it's like you, there's these 3 million people are going to watch this one news channel and that's all they're going to watch. And mm-hmm. so therefore it's an echo chamber. So that whoever says something in the morning by the time it's the night, it's news. Because you're reporting yeah, sure. on, what somebody said on your morning show on your own Mm. network. That's Mm. not news. But to the people who didn't watch the morning show, Mm -hmm. they think it is. They're like, oh, did you hear? Like, you're just reporting on your own bullshit. (laughs) What are you saying? Because it's like, all it takes is the morning host to say, the president's doing a great job. So by the time the afternoon host is like, people are saying, so by the time you're done, now five people have said it. So sources close to this network say the president's doing a great job. You just made that shit up. So I think people who are willing to be aware of that, you know, and I think that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Sometimes choices too but There's, you need to, you're, you're good to be blind. You can be willfully ignorant because you're like, mm-hmm. I'm informed, I watch the news all day, but you watch the same news. You watch the same, yeah, news, yeah, 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 yeah. the same history books. So, you know, people like this book, uh, people who love Malcolm Gladwell stuff, I think would love this book. Cause like, that's his whole thing is like, pay attention. So I think, I think it would be good. I'm a big fan of him too. So I think that would be a, I think people who like him. So mm-hmm. I, got all, I got all on my soapbox for this one. Sorry, friend. Um, less no, soap-
1: no. If le- people enjoy it half as much as I did, then um, <laughs> it'll be a good listen.
2: Less soapbox next month. Although we will be talking about mental health next month. We will um, indeed, yeah. I feel like there's going to need to be a reread and a rewatch of something else before we get to our next one. Is that true? Yes. For you too?
1: Uh, I'm not sure if I'll reread, if I'm perfectly honest. Only because that the... Uh, material we're going to cover for the show more spins out of the film than it does out of the absolutely
2: it absolutely does and so let's so tell everybody i might i
1: might, I might skip the uh, the source and go straight to the well he
2: chuck himself acknowledges that the movie's better
1: he does yeah and
2: it is they knew how to Fincher was like let's cut this whole scene and it'll be mm-hmm. better and he's like that mm-hmm. is better yeah <laughs> <laughs> so tell it what well, was his first second book right Passengers was his first yes book. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so sure. tell everybody what we'll be doing
1: we will be looking at fight club Written the, by
2: Chuck himself
1: Written by Chuck himself, featuring Chuck himself In the official sequel to Fight Club The movie, more than the book
2: 100% movie, yes, yeah. it is so Which is, cool uh,
1: Already setting probably your mind and my mind Certainly on fire of like, again The levels of storytelling <laughs> that's going on Is absolutely fascinating
2: yeah, it's a, and it's a, what's it, only seven books, six books, the original Fight yeah, Club Two. Cool. And then there's Fight Club Three, which I actually haven't read yet. Have you read? You Fight Club? Okay, well, we're just going to do Fight Club Two, which is the direct sequel and the villain. Um, you may be shocked to learn um, who the villain is, or who, well, it'll be interesting. We'll hold that till we talk to see mm, who yeah, we think the true. villain of the piece is. Um, so, Fight Club Two is fascinating. Um, it's from Dark Horse Comics. So, that is that is uh, sometime in the future. Next time mm. we talk about comics, that's what we'll be doing. So, um, thanks for agreeing to be my co host and, and dance yeah, partner. Thank you and, for
1: inviting
0: me.
2: And tell everybody how they can. And this is why it's really important. I can't believe we actually waited until the third show with you as the permanent co host to do Fight Club 2, because you are. I <laughs> am Jack's Musings. I am on Jack's the
1: Musings. That's right. Yeah. And that's where I am. And it's J A C S in this instance. And that's on Twitter. And then I post all my diary of consumption, be it good, bad, um, or recommends by you, Tony, such <laughs> as Kazam or whatever is.:.: I need or to def- look up later. F- oh,
2: my God. It's so bad. I, I mean, <laughs> I actually kind of want you to. Maybe we should make Chris and Dave watch it.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's so, it's so if, we can, if we can drag somebody else into the hell, then that's, that's what we need to do. Yeah, be. yeah.
2: I mean, it's in the time frame. They watch okay. Steel.
1: Yes, quite. Yeah, yeah. So it's just,
2: it's that was voluntary. Nobody sequel. made them watch Steel.
1: <laughs> Nobody makes. Hopefully, anybody watch anything unless they've got the old right. Marathon Man, uh, Clockwork Orange. <laughs> yeah, no, Marathon Marathon Man's the teeth, isn't it?
0: Yeah, the Clockwork
2: Orange, Orange is the eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. So anyway, well, that's where you are, and I'm on Twitter at Tricycle Boombox, and we are both on uh, a, a part of an amazing collective of uh, reviewers. We are. The pop gorillas i hear pop gorillas once they pop they can't stop
1: i hear that's true especially when they're um keep getting attracted to the the ongoing slayings in haddonfield
2: crazy haddonfield illinois what a shithole talk yes. about shithole country do not go
1: on holiday there people do
2: not go to haddonfield illinois yes so uh there is obviously a a this show will be out and this is still happening so you should subscribe to pop gorillas and you can hear all 12 shows, will, all 12 Halloween movies will be reviewed. And then on the 31st mm. on Halloween, on Comics in Motion. If, so if you don't want to subscribe to the Pop Gorillas, if you just want to wait, you could, I suppose. All 12 reviews will be merged together mm. and it will be on the sister podcast, VHS Strikes Back. So on Halloween, Pop Gorillas will be everywhere.
1: You cannot escape us.
2: No, you can't. And once you no. pop, you can stop. So that was amazing. So um, I haven't decided what the song will be. Something awesome, powerful, something power. I don't know. Is there yeah, a song?
1: good good shout. Um, I've got the power. I've okay, by, the
2: power. by Snap. Okay. Yeah, why not? All right. Totally. That's amazing. that and that'll <laughs> I'll play that. That'll be have people will have heard it at the beginning. And now they'll know that we've figured it out at the end. So Snap, I've got the power. And we'll see everybody next time. Thank you, my friend. Take Bye. care. Bye. American firma Transceptor
0: Technology. Приступила к производству компьютеров «Персональный спутник». Raniac, Raniac, win of the game! I'm the Lyrical Jesse James!